Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, this is Becky. Susan's not able to join us tonight. So we have, I'm proud to say, we have Vinny back for the night. So Yay, welcome, Vinny. So glad to have you with us again. Hi, everybody. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. I'm out, of practice. I'm out of practice. It feels weird. Right? It's been a while. Um, so we're going to talk tonight about, um, you know, we haven't been on for a few weeks. There was a few weeks where um, we were having some personal issues, and then I was gone to the national convention last weekend, so no podcast, and... So tonight we're going to talk about this week's episode, The Raid. It was written by Robert Barron, directed by John McCarthy. Um, it was basically Mary introducing Sam to the British Men of Letters and how they work, and Dean working with Ketch, Mr. Ketch. Um, I personally, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. Um I loved seeing Aaron Douglas on the show. For those who don't know, he played the other hunter on the show that ended up, um, he was the one working with the Alpha Vamp. Um, he was chief on Battlestar Galactica, and he's also he was also on Dirk Gently, the season of Dirk Gently that was on BBC America. So I, I was really happy to see him. Uh, of course, it's always great to see Rick Worthy, have him back on the show. I mean, he's got that. Oh, I love his voice, and I, I just love listening to him. And if you don't know, he's also on Sarah Gamble's The Magicians. He's a regular on there. He's basically the headmaster of the school. And so let's see. We haven't talked heard from Vinny in a while. Let's see what she thought about this week's episode. So I would agree. It was great to see Rick Worthy back, and he was – Honestly, the highlight of the episode for me, um, there's just something about the way he speaks, especially the alpha vamp, that is so commanding and regal. And it's that calm kind of horror that I really like when the bad guy is just Mm -hmm. so chill about the fact that he's a bad guy and so, so controlling about it and so controlled. And so I really, really enjoyed him, especially because I can't stand the British Men of Letters. I really enjoyed him telling them to go away and him just being like, you know, I didn't mess with you in England because, ugh, England. And <laughs> I love just, that too. You know, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed And I loved him. I loved the standoff between him and Sam, how calm they both were while everybody else. And I thought it was, I'm hesitant to say, I'm hesitant to be nice about this episode. That's just not my style to be nice. But, I really enjoyed whether it was the director or if it was in the script itself, but or if it was intentional or not, I don't know. But the idea of 
Okay, I get the British dudes mixed up. I really, and I try so hard. British dude with the with the five o'clock shadow, and Mary being so whirlwind, even though there was a plan to it, being so whirlwind, and Alpha Vamp and Sam being so so static and so eye to eye. I love that. That scene was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. The get off my yeah, lawn genuinely, part. Uh, yeah. That was good. And so, that was yeah. Good. Apologies to anyone who's listening. Like, I genuinely cannot tell the two British dudes apart. Like, I get them wrong all the time. And up until yesterday, I thought one of them's name was Mitch. So, like, okay, sorry. <laughs> Mick. Mick. Yeah, okay. Mick, the 5 o'clock Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to stick. Everybody's tried to explain it to me. They're like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I only know that Catch is Catch in this episode because he posted the picture on Instagram of him and Jensen and said, like, he tagged it, Mr. Catch. So I knew that whoever was in a scene with Dean was Catch. But as soon as it cut to them in the same scene together at the end, I couldn't tell them apart again. I just genuinely cannot <laughs> tell them apart. <laughs> I guess well, they I, don't I'll actually you, look alike. Yeah, I was going to tell you, the way to tell him apart is Ketch is the tall, good-looking guy. <laughs> and uh, Mitch is the short 5 o'clock shadow guy, which, oh, my God, to me, is his, and I, I, I'm i sorry because it's probably personal and that's how his beard grows, But and I, I apologize if this is rude. But No, I know what you're like going to say. I know what you're going to say. It looks like he took a marker and drew on his face. It's like either, you know, Grow out a full beard or shave that thing because I can't stand it. No, you're not the first person to say it, but I think, it's, I think it's twofold. I think it's the growth pattern of his beard, but I think it's also the way it's groomed, and I think it's the way – oh, and it breaks my heart to say this. I think it's the way makeup is, is, is grooming him and shading him for camera. And I'm always hesitant to be really judgmental of makeup artists because that's – like one of my professions and like I've done makeup artistry on and off for almost 20 years. So I'm at once really like really detailed about it. And on the other hand, like really understanding of how difficult it is. So I'm always really hesitant to, to take down somebody's work about that, but there are, yeah. It looks like you're somebody, you know, drew a fake beard on him is what it looks like. Yeah. And you're not the first person who's split like, like I had multiple people when I was like I can't tell apart. I had multiple people like tweet me and be like, "It's the guy with the marker beard. It's the guy with the drawn-on beard. It's the guy with the fake beard." And I'm like, "It's not helping me, but okay." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like I, I I don't know what it is. And I like to me like you're saying the tall, good-looking one. Like, but they look the same. <laughs> and they post what is the post picture where they both have like their back uh, their MacBooks and they both have like a a drink and they're both clean shaven and it literally I'm like are you trolling me like do you know that you guys look alike and you're messing with me because I feel like you're messing with me yeah I, I try I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm gonna mess them I'm just like forewarning that I'm gonna mess them up probably multiple times during this podcast but like just correct me it's okay um okay okay and I'm also gonna be upfront to anybody who's listening like I've literally watched four episodes this season so if I get details incorrect about, like, my reading of something or, like, I'm spoiled, but I don't have it actually watched very much of the season. So if I get something wrong, just, like, tweet us and let me know, 
and or Becky will correct me, but don't get cranky, please. Thank you. <laughs> now, and, oh, and for reference, yeah, Mr. Wait, Catch. For, okay. Oh, it's not going to help me either. That's not going to help me tell you the real name. It's not going to help. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but I know one of David the, Hayes one of the Jones. Okay, he's the tall one. That's not. That's catch. Yes, I find him. I know that extremely good looking. They look the same. And I could. I oh no, he does not look at all like the other the little guy. The other guy. No, like and like Uh, every scene, every scene of like Sam and Dean and one of them. I'm like, is this like the white dude jaw off? Like, is this like who can show the most jaw to the camera? (laughs) Like, is this a competition? What are we going for, everyone? I'm so confused. Especially the scene with <laughs> Dean and Catch. Ooh, I'm going to get it. It was just all jaw. So much jaw clenching. All the jaw clenching. <laughs> now, the scene at the beginning, which was a continuation of last week with um, Sam, Dean, and Mary, where Mary admits to them that she's been working with the British Men of Letters and everything, that scene broke my heart, and way we kept getting flashbacks for it, you know, through the beginning there. It just, the, and I think the line that got me was when Dean said he never had a childhood, and it's so true, so true, and it just broke me. But then, on the other hand, I know fandom is really anti-Mary right now, oh, and me, especially me. at the That's convention me. last week. <laughs> At the convention last week, she was really getting a lot of anti-Mary things to, as well. But whereas I can see both ways. I am mad at Mary for how what she's done, but I also can see why she's doing what she's doing. Uh, and I don't want to say it's just because I'm a mom, because I know there are a lot of people out there who are parents who are also mad at Mary right now. So it's not just that. But I can totally, I can kind of get what, where she's coming from, but yet she's still going about it the wrong way. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm not a mom. I'm not a mom. But I'd like to think that despite the fact that I'm a cranky, curmudgeon jerk, uh, I'm a decent human being. And I always go back to the, like, something my mom always says is, I may not be a nice person, but I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. So... I'd like to think that I'm a good person. And I'd like to think that in being a good person, whether I'm a parent or not, I would not actively put other good people in inherent danger. Because, again, like I said, I haven't seen all the episodes. So of the episodes I've seen, for reference, I've seen uh, Asa Fox. I've seen whatever the one that was Lucifer in Los Angeles. Or the rock god, or whatever the hell, rage. Anyway, uh, I saw regarding Dean and this one, so I didn't see the episode before this one. But spoiler-wise, like what I know from people who like will tell me what the episode's about, and reading my timeline, I just can't rationalize mother or not her theft of the cult and her allowing the other hunter to die, and just you know. As much as I don't like Cassiel putting Cass in that kind of danger, when she could have, when she had the means and the knowledge to 
deal with the situation, but her priorities are so screwed up, and I don't understand her. I don't understand her loyalty to the British Men of Letters, not just as Mary, but I don't understand it in a narrative way because when the British, when the Men of Letters in general were introduced to us, the whole point was they didn't like the hunters. They thought the hunters were beneath them. The whole fighting and killing thing was beneath them. So why are they so? I'm trying to find a nice way to say this. Why are they so into Mary? We'll go with that. When they should think that she's useless. They should think that she's nothing but like hired, a hired hand kind of thing. But the whole like we have the best Winchester, we have Mary kind of thing. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to me why Mary is so loyal to them with no reason. And that it makes her essentially like, I just think she's a, like, I feel like she's just a bad person. Like she's just not a good person. I wouldn't want to say bad person because that's, I just don't think she's a good person. I don't think she has viable priorities. I'm not saying she has to treat uh, the boys like, 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 like little boys or anything or ma- or like baby them, but I would like to think that she could at least keep them from dying. And, well, you know, she did try, you know, she did vote volunteer to kill herself instead of one of them dying, you know, with Billy the Reaper. Um, I don't know if you, I'm sure you heard about that. Um, yeah. And to me, mm-hmm. like I felt, and maybe again, transference or something, but to me it read more like, and maybe because I kind of was hoping it would go more this way and it didn't. And that's, I've talked before about like how just because the show doesn't give you your head cannon doesn't mean the show is wrong. So, you know, in defense of the show, I'll say that. But I was kind of hoping for more of a, like when Buffy came back from the dead, that it was like, I just don't fit. I don't understand. The world is hard and weird now. And I think something like that would have made so much more sense for Mary, but instead she's... Like her working with the men of letters, I feel like she should be so much more mind-blown than she is. Because her te- her understanding of technology is 30 years old, and that doesn't sound like a long time, but as someone who is Sam's age, like, I had, the, I had that weird time frame of being a teenager right as technology really blew up. So when I was in high school, like, you could have a cell phone and text, but they were so expensive that almost nobody had one. So, you know... We had the Nokia 5100, and you could text with T9, but good luck finding a friend that also has a cell phone, and good luck paying 15 cents a text because nobody wanted to do that either. So the idea of someone who died in 1983 not being like, I can't cope with this. This is so bizarre, and just being like, oh, look at this Mission Impossible badass stuff they have. Come join me, Sam. It's just so bizarre to me and so jarring. You uh, mentioning the Buffy thing, um, to me, that is what she's doing with the British Men in Letters. She, everybody she knew, her whole world 
is completely gone and changed, and nobody that she knew she really knows is still alive, except of course for Sam and Dean, who were babies at the time. So she doesn't know the men that they've grown up to be. She only knows them as babies. And to me, because of that, and every and her world is completely changed, and the buffiness of coming back from the dead is why she joined. She's with the British Men of Letters. There are people but who. There are people who who appreciate the hunter part of her life, whereas she feels like Sam and Dean only want her for the mom part, and she kind of mentioned that this episode. And whereas they appreciate her as a strong woman and hunter, and so I, in my opinion, that's where they're going with it. That's why she's working with them. I could be completely wrong, but that's how I see it. Okay, so, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I'm going to reference two episodes that I have not seen, or at least one episode that I have not seen. But in the season premiere, Dean doesn't, you know, it's not a matter of Dean being like, oh, mommy, like, he needs her to help him find Sam. And that's very much not a, a mom thing. It's very much, a, I'm going to treat you like a hunter because I need you. I need you. And then... That's true. I believe it's the ne- I believe it's the next episode where Sam, you know, she Sam gives her. I think he gives her John's journal. If I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. And basically yep. tells her like, yep. here, go ahead and learn about us. Like neither Sam or Dean was pushing her. They just wanted her around, but they weren't pushing her. And like Dean says at the beginning of this episode, you wanted you wanted time. No, you needed space, and we gave you space. And it turns out that you didn't want space. You just wanted away from us. And that's fine. I right. get if she's totally freaked out, but they're not giving us that in the narrative. If she were to turn around and say, look, I can't cope with the fact that you two are six foot plus and in your 30s. I can't cope with it, and I just I can't deal. If they were giving us more of that, then I could understand it more than her being like, oh, well, Sam, I just want you to go back to Stanford. Don't you want to go back to Stanford? Like, yo, you are not even around for that. And the reason you weren't around for that is because you literally sold, sold your son to the devil way before he was born. So don't give me this, I just want a better life for you. I'm not, I'm not here for it. Especially if you're going to set it up that she was hunting while Dean was, was a toddler as well. And you don't care, you, don't, you can't bring yourself to care about Sam and Dean, but you're going to drop everything to go to Ace's funeral like I just don't feel like they're writing her consistently enough. Where one one week I, she cares and one week she I doesn't. Do one week she's loyal, one week she's betraying them. It's all over the place. I do agree about the consistency. I definitely agree about that. Uh, but like, first of all, she did not know that she was selling Sam to Yellow Eyes. You know, he just told her in I mean, ten years I'm going to come to you. So she didn't. Yeah, know that but was out. Mm-hmm. so. I would like her to maybe apologize for that, though, because she knows now. Well, she did um, in home. She did tell Sam she was. Yeah, but yeah, that was the ghost version of it. And also, and also, (laughs) back then, she didn't really know. Like narratively, we didn't know why she was saying sorry, and neither did Sam. Right. So. I don't know. I just, I really dislike her. And it's not about the way I dislike her as a mom because it would be really easy for me to say she's so unmom-like because 
excuse me, she's literally the opposite of my mother. Like, and I can, I can equate it because Sam and I are the same age. So she's literally the opposite of my mother. Like, I'm telling my mother, like, you don't have to do that for me. And my mom's like, you want me to cut the crust off your sandwich? Because I could totally do that. I could totally cut the crust off. Do you want the crust? Do you want half a crust? I don't know. Do you want, no, do you want me to make you something different? I'll make something different. And that's just my mother. Now, on the same hand, my mother is very much not just a mom. My mother never gave up her identity as a person to be my mother. Being my mother just became another facet of her identity. And somebody I was talking to earlier made a really good point where they said, you know, just because, like, I'm a mother, they said this, that they're a mother and they work a full-time job, and they are no more just a mother than they are just a professor. Those are just two parts of who they are. And so that's, as much as I could easily say, like, Mary's just not my version of what a mother should be. It's not just that. I just don't feel like she's the version of what a decent person should be. I just feel like she's so, and it's not even selfish. I just, she's unlikable. She's unrelatable and she's unlikable. And I think that in general, and I don't even blame just Supernatural for this. I think in general, TV and movies have a really hard time rationalizing that a strong female character doesn't have to mean cold, aloof, distant, bitchy. You can be empathetic and still be a strong female. Having emotions, having reactions to people, having caring for people does not make you a weaker woman. You could even argue the opposite. In the same way that giving men, like, you, they constantly give men emotions to make them, like, a better male character. But to make women stronger characters, they take their emotion away. And I think that's really, uh, it does the characters a disservice. And it does the viewers a disservice. My opinion. Yeah, oh, I completely agree with you. Um, TV does have a hard time a lot of times showing that women can be like okay my favorite quote I think probably from all of Nashville convention was someone asked Julian Richings about its time on Orphan Black and I had never thought about the show this way he said what he loves about Orphan Black is it shows that uh, how much one woman can be so different Uh, one woman can have a lot of different parts of her and I was like, I hadn't thought of it that way because they are all clones on Orphan Black. And it's just, it's so, you know, it's basically one woman, just different parts of that one woman. And a lot of TV tends to forget that. And so I 100% agree that TV has a hard time showing that a woman can be, a, you know, can be a loving, good mom, can also be someone who works can also be someone who has, you know, her own, you know, her own hobbies. And, you know, a woman can be more than just one thing. That's really cool to say, because even though like I watch Earl's and Black, I haven't thought of it that way because you're so visually, you see them all as different people, even though you know it's the same actress, you know they're clones, you know, but mm-hmm. visually they're individuals. And technically they are, but it's kind of the same thing like I was saying, like it becomes a facet of one. You don't have to be exact, right? Yeah, like, like, and for example, like, I'm super judgmental of Supernatural, and I know that I am, 
because I care about it so much of the show. I don't put every show that I watch under this microscope. Because most shows, right. like, I watch it and I, and I move on, and I watch it and I move on, but it's not because they're not my fandom. When it becomes your fandom, you're over-invested. And, right. like, any other show, I'd probably just be like, ugh, Mary sucks, moving on. But, like, I don't even watch and I'm angry about Mary. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, I, and I wish that I could understand if you want to if you want to take the route of you know because she died and the way she died that like John put her on this pedestal and he didn't know her past and as a result Dean has had her on this pedestal and Sam didn't know her at all so she's been this, like she was basically canonized for all them and I can get that and I can get them saying like no she's a real person she has you know she's fallible in, in ways that's fine, but the way that they're trying to show that, like, she's just a person, that she's not this mythical creature they made her out to be, it swings too far to one side. And I think when you make a character so unlikable, when you go for the redemption of a character, which they're obviously going to do, because that's just typical storytelling, you risk the audience being like, yeah, I don't care that you redeemed them. I really don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Dean, Dean, the, the guy who in the pilot threw, you know, Sam up against the bridge so you don't talk about mom that way. And, you know, over and over again, we saw him, you know, totally worshiping basically his mom, seeing him calling her Mary, instead of mom and then t- telling her where the door is was very heartbreaking, you know, cause it's like, I, I can feel yeah, his heart. I love him telling her to get out. It was, it was an awesome, awesome scene. And Sam taking Dean's back, you know, saying, I think you should go. And I mean, it, I, it was, it was great. And, and I think, but it also that, just broke your heart. Yeah, and 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 I love Dean kind of throwing at her that he had never been a kid, because again, technically mm. her fault, whether she knew what she was doing or not, still technically her fault. And I I liked him being like, you know, I I didn't get to have anything, and now you're here, and you don't want anything to do with me. And I liked how, yeah. how heartbreaking that was. And I liked, I really liked Sam and Dean being like a united front on that and watching the end of the previous episode, like just in like a clip, you know, the idea of them being, and it, and it goes back to me saying like, I just don't like that she's not a decent person. Like, you know, Sam having to say like, you know, they, they tortured me. Uh, of all the people you could work with, these are the people you chose to work with. It's not just like that yeah. she failed on them for anybody else. She failed on them for people who have actively gone out of their way to hurt these two people. And even if she doesn't consider them like my sons, like even if she doesn't have that maternal feeling for them, like they're literally the first humans to interact with her after 30 years. And she's like, yeah, I'll just work yeah. with these guys instead because they've got cool toys. And there are a lot of things in this episode that I felt 
ignored previous, really important previous canon issues. Um, and that was a problem I had in terms of like just the episode itself. Like I just didn't feel like it really made too much sense. Like for one, since when are vampires this huge, like let's eradicate them deal? Where not only is like, are like, can I just call them Mitch? Can you Mitch just be Mick and Catch together? And we'll just interchange that. They're Mitch. They're just Mitch. <laughs> There you go. There you go. You're shipping. Are you shipping them together now? So. No, I'm I'm literally just merging them into one, into one being. Because I was going to reference one, but I don't remember which one. Um, To have them be like to come back like from that hunt with Mary and be like, ooh, we have this. And also, what was with the what was it? Vampire eradicator, whatever it was called. That was dumb. but to be like, oh, we have this vampire eradicator. We're going to get rid of all the vampires. And it was like, ooh, yeah, get rid of all the vampires. And then for the other, for the other part of Mitch to come and tell Dean, like, to sit down with Dean and have a drink and then be like, ah, by the way, I'm going to go hunt vampires. And Dean be like, what? You have a vampire problem? Let me go, too. Why are vampires just suddenly such a big deal? Why? That we have to eradicate all the vampires out of nowhere. Meanwhile... With Dean, what's what's her face is having Rosemary's baby and nobody cares. <laughs> I do completely agree with that. Um, with Dean, I think the deal was he was just wanting to go kill something. Um, but with the whole and you know getting rid of all the vampires in America thing, I think it's stupid because um, yeah, get rid of as many as you can. That's fine, but don't ever think. So that means there won't be any back because they're still in the rest of the world. And all it takes is that one too. to fight another one. And, you know, and like, here we'll have them back already again. Know, they already know that vampires are some of the more cognizant monsters. Like, hello, did we all, did we forget Lenore? We're just going to let that go? We're just going to forget Lenore completely. Right. But, okay. Right. And I, I just, I mean, I shouldn't say that because, yes, clearly uh, it's been forgotten. But so to have both Sam and Dean being like, ooh, vampires, let's go get them. Get them all. And then literally have Sam have dialogue where he tells the Alpha, and whether no matter what Sam's motivation for the speech was, what he said was true. We've been killing your kind on and off for 10 years. You really don't care. You could come after us, and you don't. And the Alpha telling him, what's one or two? Whatever. I'll, I have more children and I'll make more children. And Sam, Sam mm-hmm. literally telling him, like, let's maintain this balance then. Yeah. So if you're, if you already look at it that way, then what's the whole point of the first 30 minutes of the episode? Yeah, I agree. And so for me, this episode was a problem in terms of like the way the men of letters view hunters, the, Suddenly, vampires are so important. Like, and it was really nothing. Really, really makes sense to me, and I really, I don't like at the end where Dean ends up apologizing to Mary for what a dick she was. How, how even? How even? How is Dean apologizing to Mary for her being a dick, for her lying, and he's the one who ends up apologizing? Here's the thing I want to know. 
is there has to be something more than just the British men of letters coming over here to recruit the American hunters for some reason. Why are they suddenly wanting to recruit these American hunters? There has to be an ulterior motive and other, you know, but I'm not saying that there is because we we know that this show has brought out things and then there never be a point to them ever. For example, Samuel Campbell. Um, so you know, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to throw out uh, Jesse the Antichrist kid because I know that that's oh, just there, such a story on your side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's another one. But it's it, you know, unless there's an ulterior motive to the British men of letters doing this. They're really lame because I don't see the reason for it, and I'm really, really I hoping agree. that there does come an a reason for them doing this. I, I agree with that too. I think, and it goes back. To, it goes into me saying that nothing is making sense because the men of letters have existed for all these what, like a hundred years or whatever, however long. I don't remember. At least, at but, least. And suddenly they're like, oh, yes, let's recruit all the, all the hunters in America. You came all the way from England to recruit all the hunters in America. Why? What for? <laughs> Meanwhile, you all think that you have the biggest, bigger, badder toys and that you can do a better job. So, again, why are you recruiting hunters if you feel like you don't need them? And did you even bother recruiting the hunters in England first? No? Okay. And it's like, you know, their biggest thing in their arson and their armory is the Colts, apparently, which Sam and Dean had had seven years ago. You know, so somehow or another it got lost in Abandon All Hope, um, which was the last time we saw it. And I didn't, and we still don't know what happened to it. Um, uh, didn't Crowley have it? Well, Crowley gave it to them originally. That's you know, uh, you know, first they got it from what's his face, Daniel, what's his face, the hunter, and um, John, you know, John got it, and then they, well, no, they got it, it from Elkins then, first. They got it from Elkins first. Yeah, Dan, Daniel Elkins, right? John, John got it from him, and uh, then they they used it, and then they lost it for a while, and Crowley was the one who got it and gave it to them to kill Lucifer with. And then Lucifer. But it didn't work. uh, Then when, right, Dean tried to kill Lucifer with it and it didn't work. And that was the last we saw it until a couple episodes ago. And, okay, (laughs) Alpha Vamp said, um, you know, says that there's five things in you know, that that thing won't kill. I thought it was pretty much before stated that those five things are the four horsemen and death. So I hope, that really, really hope they don't try to change that those five things that can't kill are the four horsemen. Oh, I'm sorry, cute. the four horsemen and, Luc- and Lucifer. The four horsemen and Lucifer are the five things that can't kill. I hope, really, really hope they don't try to change that. I'm assuming they're going to need it to kill... And I keep saying this because I don't actually know the name of the character. Baby? That's pregnant. Rosemary's baby. Um, I genuinely Klein. don't know the name of the character. Okay, that's not going to stick. Um, 
<laughs> oh, it might because Jenny Klein was a writer. That might stick for me. Okay. Okay, that that actually might work. Klein. I might end up calling her Jenny Klein. So sorry, but either way, I'll get the I'll get the Klein okay. part right. I know that. Um, I have a feeling they're going to use it in terms of that because at at some point I also have to say like again I'm not watching so I feel weird saying this but I feel like there's no plot to this season. What is the point of this whole season? There's you've got the British Men of Letters, you've got Rosemary's Baby, you've got Cass having to deal with dire consequences of killing a reaper, even though, like, since when? Since when are there consequences to killing a reaper? Uh, well, it's not so much killing a reaper as the fact that it breaks, it broke the deal that they had with her. Again, since when does it matter? I agree. I mean, they they killed death and nothing happened, so. It's... Like unless they make Cass a reaper and tell him he has to reap Sam and Dean, I don't see the I don't see what could happen. That would actually be interesting, which means it's not gonna happen. Uh that would actually be really interesting. Um But I just don't understand what the point of the season is. I, I don't get it. And we have at some point at some point they have to bring everything together into one thing. So it's gonna be this big like the British Men of Letters plus the Winchesters versus Rosemary's Baby, which is just not. Yeah. At the at the end of the day, this show has to have to thrive on Sam and Dean being the heroes in some capacity, either as a unit or as a sacrifice. So you have things like, you know, you have either. Dean selling his soul for Sam, or you have Dean dying for Sam. You have Sam jumping into the cage. You have Dean willing to go be the bomb for Amara. You have to have these big moments for them. But if it's going to come down to something that's not just them, if it is like this big old Care Bear Fair movie game kind of thing, then you lost the you lost your way on, on the show, in my opinion. Okay, we've got a caller, so I'm going to pick up the caller here. Hi, thanks for calling Winchester Radio. May I get your first name? Um, oh. Are you talking to me? <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was, it was me. Or, huh? Yeah. Yes, we're um, talking to you. Yeah, you can call me DM. Hi, DM. How, can we, how are you doing? You liking, did you like this week's episode? Actually, yes, sort of, and no, definitely. <laughs> uh, what you guys? What's your question or comment? Okay, well, I was listening to you guys. I actually, I just tuned in, so I missed a good deal of it. But I came in uh, where you guys were talking about a couple of things, and I right now I want to correct a few things. They never said okay. what the five things are that the gun that the cult can't kill. We only know that one of them is Lucifer. Now, it could be archangels in general, angels in general, or just Lucifer and five other things. But they never said who those five other things were. We just know who one of them are, and that would be Lucifer. Uh 
And okay. the thing that I what? I thought for sure I thought somewhere or another you know back in that season that they did mention some somebody mentioned that they it doesn't work on the four horsemen because and that's why they never tried it. I couldn't mm, no. you know I may be misremembering because I haven't watched that season again. Yeah. No. Um. I pretty much <laughs> like anybody who's watched the show for any length of time. I actually I came in on. Season seven at the beginning of season seven, but prior to that, once I discovered it, I spent like two weeks watching the the previous six like over and over again. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the Men of Letters, the British Men of Letters, if I'm piecing all of the things together, was formed after the Men of Letters in America. Um, I think what happened was. They sent contingents of men of letters from America over to Europe, and then they formed from that. I got that, that from that Banshee episode where they mentioned that um, they had sent a contingent of men of letters to Europe, and one of them was the father of the mother of the girl, the woman from the Banshee episode. So I don't think the Men of Letters is older than, excuse me, the British Men of Letters are older than the actual Men of Letters from America. No, I, I didn't mean the British Men of Letters specifically. I meant the Men of oh. Letters as as a Men of as Letters. As a whole? I, yeah, because the Men, of letters, the Men of Letters that we learn, that we learn about in Season 8, their whole thing was we are not hunters. We are above hunters. Right. Precursors. So to me, like to me, it's saying like we use British Men of Letters as a differential that like these are the foreigners essentially. Like I get what you're doing, Supernatural. I, I see you. Uh, but really, it's all just the Men of Letters. It's just different. Yeah. Different offices. Uh, yeah. Okay. But it's all now my, it's all oh, the Men of Letters. Right. Yeah. No. Now, the reason I actually decided to call in instead of just listening is I I have to kind of sort of rant about something that bothered me. Well, actually, it's been bothering me, but Thursday's episode kind of put the cap on it, if you will. The fact that they seem to be trying to destroy Sam's character. Sam Winchester would never have said, I'll work with the British men of letters, knowing what type of people they are. Sam Winchester would not have watched them take that hunter away and said with Mary, good. That's not who Sam Winchester is. That's who Dean is. That's not who Sam Winchester is. Sam Winchester... Sam Winchester is the person who looks, who says, supernatural does not equal equal evil. He's the person who says that, who looks for a reason or purpose for why someone does what they do. He's not a stone cold killer. That was Solar Sam. If this was Solar Sam, yeah, Solar Sam would have definitely said, good. Take that guy, beat him, kill him, I don't care. And sure, I'll join up with you. You guys seem to have great hardware. But 
this isn't Sola Sam. This is Sam, who we know. And I understand people change as they get older, but the fundamentals of who Sam is, and we know this from that whole soulless thing. We know what Sam is like when he doesn't have a soul, and we know what Sam is like when he does have a soul. He's the kind of guy who says, why did you take that girl's diary? So my problem has I, been that, yes? I I was just going to say, I have to disagree with you on that one, because Sam, know, that, that guy was a bad guy. He brought in the alpha vampire. He helped that guy bring in all those vampires that killed innocent people in that in their you know the British mental letters bunker there he knows he's a bad guy and we have seen him let bad people get killed before so i you know i don't see it as a retcon on his character i don't see it as putting him down actually if they if he had said no and let that guy go that i think would have been a, a bad mark on sam's character because that guy was a bad guy. He was a stupid guy, and he tried to, you know, have them all killed. So I have no problem. I, I, I would I have to disagree with you on both that. Of you. I actually agree with both of you in a way because I agree that it was slightly out of character, but I agree that what else was Sam going to do? He can't let that guy go. And I think the problem is that they just shouldn't have had the good line. It should have just had, like, if you give me Sam being resigned to it, like, with no no line there, I could have been like, okay, yeah. But I do think that the good is a little. It's, okay, I will. I'll the good would be you. the good would be reserved. Yeah, the good would be reserved for if if that guy had gotten somebody along the lines of, in terms of like how they feel about somebody. If, like Bobby, or if that guy had put Dean directly in, in danger, then I could see the good, that, that line hitting. But because he really got people killed that Sam doesn't, didn't even like. Exactly. I do think that, like, on a, on a again, going back to the like, human decency level, like, on a human decency level, like, of course, Sam doesn't want people dead, especially when they're technically the good guys. But the good was a little bit it was so I kind of agree with both of you to be honest. Um, I don't actually remember Sam ever um looking to kill anybody, human uh, um that did something well, bad he per does se. Say, I mean he does say in I think it's season I can't remember what season it is, but it's the uh, when they're talking about Gordon to be the two or three and they're like, No, we're gonna have to deal with this and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we do. And seems like, really? No discussion? I was waiting for you to be like, no, we can't. It's wrong. And I'm like, no. Like, we, we have to be able to. Yeah, because um, so I, I, Gordon. I, I do think that it's, yeah, it's, it's in Sam. It is. And I don't think it's not. It's, and I think, I think that's the thing about Sam that we learned about, especially with Solus, is that on a, on a, on a deeper level, Sam's the, scarier one because and we learned that in you know when he sold us we learned that in mystery spot that without something to ground him whether it's his soul or whether it's Dean Sam is really pretty unhinged yeah I will agree that like I said um, the, the aspect of soulless is just the I guess you could say the primal Sam but well, that was he the whole thing with, that, with Solace, he, is that it was still Sam. 
It was just without yeah. the moral compass. Exactly, but that's the whole thing. Sam is that moral compass. Sam does have that that um, uh, regulator. But I just, but again, I disagree because look back keep... to mystery thought. Look back to mystery thought, and he has a soul, but. He, he never killed anybody in Bob- mystery spot. Yeah. He went. He I mean, know that, he doesn't he know was, that Bobby is a fake he Bobby. Was, he thinks it's yes, Bobby. He did. And he, he still killed he Bobby. Thought, he, no, he thought that that no, was no, no. Before, Doki. Before he when killed, he shot. Before he killed fake, before he killed fake Bobby, though, he was totally willing to go out and bleed a person dry to bring Dean back. No, because as we already saw, he came there prepared to face off against the trickster. He was just no. He, he was, came there. That was, he was fat. He was he was faking the trickster, no, making the trickster no, he, think that he was Bobby. That can be no, because he came there prepared to take on the trickster. That's why he had uh, um, what was it the 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 um. That's how come he had the he brought state. the he brought that with him because he thought Bobby was going to help him call the trickster there to kill him. He did not know that that was not Bobby until. Bobby was tell you know until he talked to Bobby, but he was totally willing to go bleed a person dry. I do not believe so. The way the way the, the also, way that we have to go back to season five where he did drink an entire nurse. Yes, no doubt about it. But at that point, that was Sam off the rails. We're not talking no, about Sam off you're the rails about here. Season four, season five is no, Sam I'm, going. I need the blood because I have to be I have to be strong enough. And that? That was season four. Right. That was okay. season four yeah. when either, they like took I'm out saying, Lilith. He has but a that soul. was he has a Sam soul off rails. Right, but that's my point. Sam needs not a soul. Sam needs a compass. It has to be either his soul or D, essentially. Yeah, but the, we're, right we're, now, we're talking he has at a both. point. We're talking at a point where Sam is not off. I understand. When Sam's off the rails. Arguably, whether Sam's been off the rails for his whole life. He, whether he's trying, whether he's um, on a vengeance trail against something, that's totally different from what we had yesterday. I mean Thursday. What and uh, what we've seen over the last couple of years. That's not Sam off the rails. What we saw th- what we saw Thursday was not Sam off the rails. There was nothing off the rails. There was no emotional upheaval going on. Sam That's why I said I agree with both of you. I, I think it was out of character in that moment with those circumstances, but I don't think it's in general out of character. I think it was extreme for that particular moment and this particular episode because I don't feel like this episode warranted it emotionally. And I can't so I, see Sam joining up with people who basically tortured him. And he's not going yeah, to buy, yeah, well, uh, what's-her-name was just a little, you know, she, she, she was going against protocol, yada, yada, yada. Sam would not buy that. And he certainly wouldn't join up with people who, who basically said, and there's another thing that really brought me. Sam heard them say that they just take out whole nests. Wholesale. They don't go in. They don't worry about them. They don't, you know, they just say, oh, there's a vampire. We kill the whole nest. This is the same person who try, who talked Dean out of killing Lenore and her group. No, this I agree. Is, and that goes back to me saying I didn't understand the whole why is, why are, well, at least actually what you said in the beginning. We did say that in the beginning where it was like, hello, do you not remember Lenore? Okay. But, See, like I said, I came in late on. No, it. yeah. But I do think that 
Sam has always had to work with whoever has tortured him or hurt him. Like that's unfortunately a reoccurring theme for Sam. If you go back to, I mean, and I get a lot of flack for bringing this up, but if you go back to season four and five where Cass wanted Sam dead, like that was actively Cass's mission was like, we got to get rid of Sam. And now they're like, now it's like, oh, you're our brother. You're our best friend. And he had to work with Lucifer last season. He's had to constantly work with people and beings who have hurt him in some way. Yeah, but it's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate reoccurring theme for everybody he has worked with over the years um, that he's had issues with, be it Crowley, be it Castiel, be it Lucifer, they were always against his better judgment and not him that promoted the requirement. It was always Dean. Or in the case of Lucifer, the situation and God. And I believe Jared Padalecki said, uh, I saw it on YouTube somewhere, that there was a scene that they took out where um, God, Chuck, explained to him that he did not have anything to fear from Lucifer while he was there, that Lucifer couldn't do anything to him. But they cut that scene out, and that's why you lose that aspect of why would Sam be so calm around Lucifer. He was only calm around Lucifer because God, Chuck, said that he was going to be safe. Right, but if it's cut, then it's not canon. If it's cut, then it's not canon, and then you can't use that in your, you can't use that, like, I mean, like the writers, and then once you cut it, you can't, you can't have that as part of the justification because your average audience member who isn't in fandom and isn't watching interviews and isn't watching explanations and isn't watching con videos doesn't have that information. So it has to, you have to go with just what's on screen. Yeah. Okay. So if we cut screen, that out, then we just look at it as a situation where he's got to deal with Lucifer as not a, Hey, it's Lucifer. I'm going to work with you because, and his, when it comes to Crowley, mother, the, only reason, the only reason he's working with Crowley, his mother is a part of the of the British Men of Letters, and so that's reason enough for him, I think, to try and work with them. I will say his that mother I also trusts have... them. If his mother trusts them, even though that they've tortured him and everything. That she, you know, that's reason enough for him to just try them out. I also have the theory, and it, and it could be wrong, but I would actually go with this. I would actually not be as angry if this was the case, and you know, it's been talked out a few times between a few other people. Is if his intention is less that he's going to work with them because Mary's a part of them and Mary trusts them, and more of a, I don't like the way you guys do things, and I'm gonna, I need to keep an eye on you. Because it you does know you come what? on the heels, yeah. it does come on the heels of him watching them take that that guy away, and him being like, "Okay, I'm in." It could be him going, you know, keep your enemies, your you know, your friends close and your enemies closer. Your enemies closer. That's fine. I could actually fine. accept that if that's how it ends. It comes around at the end of this, but on the face of it, where we are now, it bothers me. 
Um, and and a lot, like I said, a lot of that has to do with on the heels. And this is, I'm going to admit, this is just me and my perception. And I'm not saying that's what's going on. But I, from my perspective, I have been feeling like Sam Winchester, the character, has been being, has been, is being pushed back into the shadows in favor of focusing on Dean, focusing on Crowley, focusing on Rowena, focusing on, on Castiel. It's, it seems that he is the support system for everybody else's character, and we're seeing less and less of Sam as part of the duo. Like, Sam, it's like a lot of the things that are nowadays that used to be Sam's thing, coming up with ideas, figuring things out, uh, coming up with esoteric information, almost all of that stuff seems to be falling to Dean now. So where's, what's Sam's part in this? I don't think it's so much falling to Dean now, and I will say, I will say, like, part of why I stopped watching the show was sort of what you're saying, but I don't necessarily think that it's falling so much to Dean is I have a problem with them giving Sam's storylines to Cass, which is why I quit watching the show last season when they let Cass be the vessel for Lucifer. So mm. I sort of I sort of agree with what you're saying to a degree, just not exactly where it's where it's falling to. Because I don't think it's so much that they're doing it to him in favor of Dean because I think Dean is actually suffering part of the same issue. That um, you get, you get so much, you get so, there's so much. And I think it's less of a storytelling thing and more of a business kind of thing that when you have characters like Cass, Rowena and Crowley that aren't in every episode, when you write them into an episode to fulfill contracts, you kind of have to make it, you have to work harder to make them make sense. And as a result, you have to have them be the one to discover this, to show this. And it was part of my problem with Charlie, why I'm one of the few people in fandom that really disliked Charlie because I You're didn't not. like it having, I didn't like having to be, oh, well, let's defer to Charlie because she's so smart. And I'm like, yo, Sam's a genius and so is Dean. Like, these, are two, <laughs> these are two men who are geniuses in different ways, but they are both certifiable geniuses. Yes, yes. I did not like Charlie for that reason. Also, I didn't like Charlie because, as far as I'm concerned, this is not her vehicle. This is not Charlie's vehicle. When Charlie, during the uh, Oz episode, the, the one where we get introduced to the Wicked Witch, when she asks Sam, I get, I get the family business, the whole nine yards, but where is my quest she treated hunting monsters and saving people as if it was mundane and i think about all of the you know, within the context of the show hunters who have died died bloody died horribly people innocent people she looks at this and she isn't satisfied her character did not belong in this show and the amount of people that seem to but what I understand had so much dislike for Ellen and Joe and uh, whatever other female that got taken out of the show because, from what I understand, back in the day, 
um, they were they had such a huge dislike to have this much fan favoritism towards a character that truly did not belong, did not fit within the genre and within the show, kind of, you know, tweaked me a bit. Well, to be completely, and I, you mentioned that you started watching in season seven, to be completely fair, if you look back on it, them doing the whole, like, oh, we, we took out, we got rid of this female character because fandom didn't like them, it actually doesn't mathematically make sense. So I think that was more of like a explanation kind of way. But like, if you think about it, like with Joe, Joe is already kind of inching out of the storyline by the time, like before we even saw the first episode of that season. So like mathematically, it just doesn't make sense when you, when you look at it, like we got rid of this character because of this and we got rid of this character because of this. It just doesn't really work that way. And especially like, you know, you can't say, well, we got rid of we got rid of Joe because fandom didn't like a love interest, and then turn around one season later and introduce two female characters as regulars because the first regulars for the show were Lauren and Katie playing Bella and Ruby. They were actually mm-hmm. signed regulars. So you turn around the next season and do that, and then you turn around season four, and whatever Ruby's motivation was, she was still a sexual interest for Sam. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really jive to say, and I'm not saying like you say this, but I think about this, like it doesn't jive to blame fandom for Joe because again, then Joe comes back later on and she's very much like little sister mode. Exactly. So So, like I said, I I don't, I don't think that, yeah, my problem with Charlie, my problem with Charlie is I think Charlie was a character that, was just over contrived for the. She was Mary Sue. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight no, up and I've say it it. Well. she was Mary Sue. I said it as well. So, but I do oh. think that aside from all that, aside from all that, like that was my inherent problem with Bella as well. So that's my problem with characters that just pull away from Sam and Dean. But I think that that is more a product of business than storyline and intention. I don't think there's an intention to do it. I think it's built into a corner of especially when you have Cass and Crowley and even Rowena now, that as much as we enjoy the characters, they really don't make sense anymore. So in order for them to make sense, it's just like with Mary. Mary doesn't make sense, and it hasn't even been a whole season. In order to make them make sense when they're around, it's harder work, and therefore you have to give them a reason to be the one that somebody came to, a reason for them to be the one with the exposition, a reason for them because you have to create a reason for them being there. Yeah. So I I think it's a problem, but I don't think it's just a Sam problem. I think it's a Sam and Dean problem. I honestly, and I this is another thing, I've, I've read a couple of things that indicate that a lot of people aren't too thrilled with Mary or Mary's character, the way that's being written. I'm going to ignore anybody who has an issue with the actor. I think that's ridiculous but the character I think I'm willing to give them a chance to see where they go with Mary Um, she's just coming back from being dead even though she didn't know she was dead Um, the last memory she had was putting her kid to bed and, and then of course burning on the ceiling but 
they're trying, I guess they're trying to give an emotional aspect to her character, a fumbling in the woods type of thing. So I'm willing to see where they are taking her character before I say I don't like it. Because I can't say I don't like Mary's character at the moment. She's making some stupid moves and decisions. I'll agree with that. But then again, you know, it's going to happen. She's a human being. Um, I think a lot of people would probably have, you know, I guess been more happy if she was in the bunker making cookies and, you know, doing research or something. I don't know. Um, but I really think people should give her uh, give her character a chance, see where the writers are taking it. If they take it the wrong way, if they, you know, <sighs> turn her into her dad, then, eh, you know, it is what it is. I Oh, and I guess my last thing is, and I think this has to do, this is kind of not like about the, Thursday episode. It's just something I just have to get off my chest. Why is it they keep forgetting that they're, that Mary was a hunter and there was this family called the Campbells and they weren't all um, uh, the dot, 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 K? I'm not sure what you mean. I mean, I've seen a lot of people make the, the connection of you know, Mary's not actually a Winchester. She's a Campbell. You kind of have to remember that. And I think just the fact that she's a hunter is very much in vain with in, in that vein, that she does still have the whole black and white view of things, much like the Campbells did. So I, I think they, I think they're, I think they're subtly. I don't think they're coming out and saying it, but I think it's subtly there that you know she is. Hunter, 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 where, you know, what they did really well was with bringing in the Men of Letters thing, which I'm not crazy about the Men of Letters in general storyline. I wasn't crazy about it in season eight. But the nice balance to it was the fact that John was so easily able to fall into the hunting life, including the heavy research aspect of it. Yeah. Where So, so I do think that if they continue the route they're going – it is very, it is very clear. Like you know, Mary was very easy. It was very easy for for Mary to fall back into the hunting life as soon as she came back. She didn't really, she can't figure out how to be a decent person, but she can hunt, which is very much in line with the Campbells. So I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or it's just happening. But I do think that it's, I think it's there that she's a Campbell. Very, you know, she is a Campbell first and foremost. Yeah. Well, that's a, um, that is kind of a, a. a um an oddity in, and I understand why I understand they have to adjust her character because her first impression or the very first way that Kripke presented her, she was fully engulfed in the mundane housewife life. And I understand they figured if we're going to bring her back, we're going to have to have her hunt for whatever reason they decided to just throw her into that. So we're going to have so going to have to adjust her. That's why we got that Asa storyline to show us that she didn't completely stop hunting, even though we know from uh, the song Remains the Same that she did stop hunting, that hunting wasn't something she did and didn't want to do. 
So that's a lot of a little bit of continuity they decided to kind of ignore to present us with this Mary. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. By the way, the cosmic thing had to do with the fact that their vow or pledge or whatever the hell it was was done with blood. It's the blood magic that is that links this that whole deal to a cosmic um consequence. Not so much making it with a reaper or what have you. It's the way they did it and yeah. the process that went around it. Yeah. That's what I meant when I said that earlier, so yeah, uh, I think that's well, pretty much all I had to say, which I guess was a lot. We appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate you listening and calling in, DM. We hope you check in with us again. Yeah, thank you. I probably will. Y'all thanks. have a good evening. <laughs> you too. Thanks. thanks. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. A lot of interesting comments there. Mm-hmm. Lively discussion. Um, I do. I do think. Like I, 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 I had mentioned even again. I'm not watching this. I'm not watching the season, but I definitely feel the need to be way too vocal about it on Twitter, uh, which I get is probably like not kind of a dick move on my part, but whatever. Um, so, like I did say it like a couple of weeks ago, like friendly reminder: Mary's a Campbell, not a Winchester, which. It's not necessarily fair of me to say to her, but I don't. I don't care. Um, I, I don't care. I don't like her. So yeah. <laughs> but I I do think that it's it's a weird thing because her name is Mary Winchester, so they have to refer to her that way. But at the end of the day, like especially since Supernatural makes such a big deal about this is this bloodline, this is what this bloodline does. That she's not a Winchester. And it'll and be interesting totally if they, they kind of go into that. And I 100% agree with that. But, like, for me personally, okay, I'm married. And even though my bloodline is, you know, my maiden name, I've been married. My married name, I've had it longer than I did my maiden name. So I feel like I'm more my married name than I am. You know what I mean? No, yeah, that's why I say in in general, like the same thing with my mom. My mom's been married since you know she was twenty nine, twenty eight, and she's now sixty four. So yeah, she's been her this last name longer. But it's it, what I mean in in terms of the show itself, because the show makes a very big distinction distinction between like this bloodline, and right. this bloodline, and this bloodline. So. Right. Not so much in a general way, but I mean, like in this in this show, I would feel like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to go that route of. By the way, you're not a Winchester. Did you get that right? Or maybe she doesn't even feel like a Winchester, because also Mary was only a Winchester for maybe five years, and it didn't yeah, have I that. Yeah, how long she was married? Yeah. Yeah. Before she died, I would imagine. It, Right, so let's say, I mean, like, Max, I would have to go back and look at the dates of the of the flashback episodes. Um, but I really thought initially 
at the beginning of this episode, that was kind of going to be the whole, like, and I have really mixed feelings about it. Like, you know, you and I have talked about, like, one of the quotes that you and I both like is family don't end with with blood. So Mm -hmm. blood doesn't necessarily make you family. However, it's a fine line between, you know, blood doesn't make you family. Oh, by the way, everyone's family. It's like, where do you, where do you draw the line between friend and family? Like, at this point, like, is Crowley your uncle? Okay. Like, we're going to call Cass a brother now, but let's be real, Dean and Sam. If it came down to it, you would throw Cass under the bus for your brother, your actual blood brother. Let's be real. It is I mean, what it is. And let's, it's, not forget, it's, not just, let's not forget. Let's not forget Adam, who's still in hell. Right. That's what I'm going to say, though. But at the same time, like, that's, blood that's is what I'm the saying. only it's precursor. Same. Because right. Adam is to agree more of you. a Winchester, right? So it's like, where do you where do you draw these weird lines of your family? You're not family. You're blood. You're not blood. So at this point, right. I really Adam think the beginning is of the actually season. blood. Right, and, and I see Winchester. Hell, so, yep, not just blood, but Winchester blood, which means he which means he had the middle letters bloodline. Ooh, ouch. Um, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I had I had to put that together to this moment, but anyway, um, so I really thought at, the, at this this episode was going to be the whole like, you might be our biological mother, but you're not family, and I really thought the episode was going to go that way. So the biggest disappointment for me of this episode was just the end completely negating the beginning, with no real reason for it. Like, I did like the moment of Sam saying like you don't like these guys and you know I wasn't here so why are you here and here I like that moment of Sam recognizing like <laughs> I wasn't here so why why did you code to anyone's rescue if I wasn't here anyway because I'm a cheat I'm cheap <laughs> like that I I'm such a cheap date like that if you give me one of those moments I'm I'm good I'll bask in that for like as if it was the whole episode but to be honest like that whole scene made no real sense because you also have like, okay, the brothers weren't actually mad at each other in the beginning of the episode. Like Dean was a little cranky, but he wasn't like, I'm never coming home again. By the time he came home after, you know, after being out, he was very much like, I'm fine. Everything's fine now. I'm over it. I'm over my tantrum, which is normal. That's fine. You get over things. But, you know, once he figured out, that Mary might be in danger, why didn't he call Sam? Why didn't he say, hey, mom's in trouble? I need backup. Why didn't he call Sam? And why didn't Sam at any point call Dean? That's my other problem with it. Because you want to, so you have the, you have the, the ending of, oh, just going out, be right back, uh, just going out for a drink. And both of them kind of acknowledging that they weren't exactly honest. But at the same time, they had no reason to be hiding where they were. Especially Dean. I can argue that Sam had a little bit of of reason for, because he knew Dean would be mad at him if Dean knew where he was. And if he wanted to get Mm -hmm. intel before dealing with Dean getting upset with him, okay, I'll give you that. Because we do that with family. Sometimes we don't tell them everything up front until we have everything to tell. 
Right. But Dean had no reason. Dean had no reason for not calling Sam and saying, "Hey, mom's in trouble. Where are you?" Because when they left it, Sam, Dean was more mad at Sam, at Mary than Sam was. So I have a I have an issue. I just again I just have continuity issues within the same episode. Like I will make a lot of allowances for continuity issues from season one to now, depending on what the continuity issue is. And I'm not even someone who was mad about Taxi Driver and the Reapers being angels and things like that. I'm not even, I mean, it was not even someone who got upset about that. But when it's within the same episode and you have issues like that, that's where I'm going to call you the carpet for it. Oh, oh, um, I, real, I wanted to mention that um, the uh, computer guy for the British Men and Letters was Ket Turton, and that's the actor's name. He was in season one's um, uh, uh, airplane episode, um, Phantom Traveler. He was in that episode. He was one of the people on the airplane who survived, and Sam and Dean go to visit him where he's staying at a mental hospital, and um, Dean oh. calls him Mr. Joffy, and he says it's Jaffy, and so that was him. I didn't recognize him at all. Well, because I, I never thought did. that was interesting. <laughs> ah, the Vancouver actor pool strikes again. Right. I love a good game of spot the Vancouver actor. Um, I don't know. I'm, I will say I'm super bummed that we'll, like, you know, I never expect to see Rick Worthy back as the alpha because you know, it's been so long, but they did leave it open-ended, and now it's not open-ended, and I'm kind of sad that it's officially that we're never going to see him because you really don't come back from that kind of death. That bummed yeah, me out. Yeah, me too. Because he's been so good. Rick, he was, he was really, I will say, like, hands down, aside from, like, I love me some good, good badass sound because, you know, again, I'm a cheap bait, and, and, and Sam's real pretty when he's being all aggressive and stuff. But other than that, to me, oh, Rick Worthy was, Rick Worthy stole the episode from me. Oh, I, I 100% agree. He was so good. And it's just, you know, the whole, the whole speech he gives where it ends up with get off my lawn. I, I just love, love, love. It's probably one of my favorite things this whole season. I do, I, I, I really, I do really wish. I really like it. It's one of those things that I really wish they hadn't spoiled that he was going to be in the episode or even that the alpha was going to be in the episode. I really wish that that had been a full-on right. surprise. I really wish he hadn't yeah, been in the, me too. in the synopsis and the promo. That was a, a disservice. Me too. But I what are you do? To get your Rick Worthy fix, watch The Magicians. It's really good. Sarah Gamble. I really like it. I've gotten hooked on it this season. Everyone keeps telling me to watch it, and I just, I forget. I'm not the best at watching TV while it's airing. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, is it over? Can I watch the whole thing now? Okay. <laughs> I'm not a Nielsen family, so I don't stress. <laughs> I don't know. I can't say that. It's difficult for me because, again, not watching the show, 
regularly, it's difficult for me to say, like, well, you know, I'm interested to see what they do with Mary. I'm interested to see where they go with this because I'm technically not. So I'm more just, I'm just really disappointed in, in what they've done with Mary as a character. And because doing this to her character, it's not just a character where you're like, eh, I don't like this character. Like, eh, I didn't like Ellen or eh, I don't like Jody. Like, the whole premise of the show exists because of Mary. Mary, She is yeah. literally the catalyst of the show. So to me, when you, when you make the reason that they're fighting or were originally fighting, when you make that character less likable than they, than you were given to believe they were, you lose the heart of why Sam and Dean do what they do. The only thing I can think that they that they can do is they're going to have to have her, you know, because she can't stay on the show forever, and no. she's going to have to sacrifice herself for Sam and Dean again, similar right. to um, what happened in the pilot, and you know, it's the only way it can go on, I think. Right, I I agree that that's the only real redemption they have, and the only way that they can go because, like you said, like and even. Samantha said it in an interview, you know, she can't be the third wheel riding around in the back of the Impala. And, you know, nobody can be. It, it fundamentally doesn't make sense to have right. anyone, anyone besides them on a regular basis or a continual basis because there are regulars, but on a continual basis. And you can't have any other character constantly in the back of the Impala, you know, and, you know, yelling at Sam for shotgun. Like, I'm sorry, you don't get to sit shotgun. Who do you think you are? So if if they do, I agree with the only thing they can do is, is have her sacrifice herself. But in the end, like, I have to wonder, I originally thought that that's what they were going to do and have her be a sacrifice, like sacrifice herself as Lucifer's vessel or whatever, kind of like Swan Sung Redux, but with Mary. And I wouldn't have really Mm -hmm. liked that, but I would have been like, okay, fine. But we're kind of beyond that. So, and putting her in with the men of letters. So then I'm wondering like, what is her sacrifice going to be? Yeah. So I'm more hesitant to want to think that they're going to go that route, even though I can't think of another way for them to deal with her. Yeah, it it, uh, it has to go that way, one way or another. Because in in a in a normal show, you could be like, well, okay, Sam and Dean are adults, and they'll just go on about their life. You know, like very much like when you have someone who's adopted and their biological parent comes into their life and they're like, well, that's great. Mm -hmm. You're my biological parent and all, but these are my real parents. These are who raised me and we can hang out. We can have lunch. That's cool and all, but like, you're not my mom. Okay. But this show, it doesn't work because of the hunter aspect. So you have to, you have, you know, if something goes sideways, you have been worried about Mary's safety. You have the idea that she's out there hunting, that she might run into them on a hunt. 
that it's not just like, oh, yeah, mom went home, we're, we're doing lunch next week. Not the same. So she can't yeah. continue to exist. Yep. I honestly, the episode where Billy the Reaper, that whole, it, I honestly thought, Mary, that was going to be it right there. I was like, well, this is, you know, she I, didn't really come back for any reason then. I thought it was going to be a Samuel Campbell thing, and, you know, she was going to die right then and there. So. I thought, watching my timeline watch that episode, I thought the same thing. But obviously, like, that episode was just, I mean, they they framed it as, a, like, in terms of uh, advertising and PR for it, that it was a cast episode. No, it wasn't. It was a, mm-hmm. oh, Lisa Berry got a regular job on another show. We have to scramble to, to close her storyline. Oh, and speaking of Lisa Berry, real quick, I've been doing a Haven rewatch for um, anybody who used to watch Haven, one of the best shows ever on Sci-Fi Channel. Um, she was in an episode I watched recently. I was like, hey, that's Billy. She just had shorter hair. So I was like, hey, yeah. I recognize her. Yes, she's, <laughs> but now she's uh, a regular on Shadowhunters. Yeah, I, I think, think that's what she is. Which, I, I mean, you couldn't pay me to watch Shadowhunters, but that's neither here nor there. I try. I'm happy for her. Yeah, I try. No, I, uh, my yeah, whole family, yeah. I'm so, I'm so fat. I'm so fandom old that I'm like, you can't pay me to watch anything related to Kathy Claire. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I watched like part of the first. <laughs> I watched part of the first episode, and that was it. Yeah. No, she's not only a plagiarist, but she's bad at it. So there's that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I'm way, I'm way too fat and old to deal with with Kathy Claire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if anybody out there doesn't know what I'm talking about, Google Kathy Claire fandom wank and have a good have a good sit down and read. Go. It's interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting read. I'm sure it's still out there. It's got to be. Uh, the internet never forgets. But never. You know, I'm glad for I'm glad for Lisa to have like you know a regular a regular gig because if you're an actor that's right, what right. you want is a is, an, is a regular job uh, versus you know with Billy maybe you're gonna get maybe you're getting a paycheck maybe you're not we don't know so I'm happy for her but in reality like they just had to scramble to figure out a way to get rid of her and create a story out of it so and we'll see if it actually. I, um, so- like Susan, I talked. She was another Samuel Campbell. There was no reason to bring out this specific Reaper Billy. She served no point. No, I think the whole the whole reason for her was. I think originally maybe they were like, you know, we need something to fill that void because people are going to be wondering because Dean just killed Death. So now what? But in the end, it didn't. Again, when I say like consequences. There have been no consequences to killing death. Like, okay, Mm-mm. you can sit None there and say, all. well, your consequence is now that death, death favored Sam and Dean, so he never re- reaped them. But I'm not, I'm not in that place. And if you, if you die, you're going to the void, whatever she said they were going to. But then irrelevant because he didn't die. She let them go over and over again. 
And talking about no consequences for death, Julian Richings actually talked about that at the convention last weekend. And it makes total sense, you know, that he doesn't think death is dead since there was no consequences for it. And I was like, I hope that's where it went because that's the only reason. That's the only explanation I can have for there not being any consequences is that it actually didn't, Dean didn't actually kill him. That he just, that that's he not, just that's disappeared not kind death. of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe that would work. I just think, you know, when you have so, a character come in and be really grandiose like Billy was trying to be and sit there and say, you know, I don't have the affection for you that death did. And I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to let you go. And then, you know, have her let them go and help them. You know, she helps Dean in Ace of Fox. She helps, she roundabout helps Dean in Red Meat because she could have just let Dean die because she, it wasn't like mm-hmm. the other, you know, it wasn't like a genuine weeper where they're sort of like, I don't care whether you live or die. Hers is almost an active, like, I can't wait for you to die because I can't wait to reap you. Right. Mm-hmm. So with her, she could have just been like, oh, yeah, well, nope, sorry, Dean, no deal, and let Dean OD, and she didn't. She gave him the information that Sam was not dead. Ergo, Dean fought for his own life. So she was a, she's a character that in, in, in the end it didn't make sense, and as much as I really like Lisa Berry, because I really like her as Billy, I don't care that Billy's gone. Yeah, I'm the same. Well, do we have anything else to say about this episode? I think so. We talked a good hour and a half. That's a long time. So. I don't think Susan and I have talked that long in a while, so it's good. Good time. <laughs> oh, talk, talk, talking is what I do. <laughs> hey, it was good to ha- it was we miss you. So it's, it, we miss you. So it's awesome to get to talk talk to you again on the podcast. So if I watch another, you have to come back. Yeah, if I watch another episode, <laughs> I, I, I make no promises you know. in terms of watching. <laughs> Hopefully Susan will be back next week, but if not, you may be on call again. So, okay, yeah, okay, okay. All right, well, I, I can pinch it. It's fine, but it was good to be back. Okay. And thank you to anybody who tuned in and listened. Thank you to our caller for calling in and chatting with us. We appreciate it. And we will be back Saturday to talk about the next episode. And let's let the boys play us out. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.